Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Zero season four starts right now. I'm Brandon Davis, joined today by Jamie Jurak. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Season. We got Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. And we got Aaron Perrine. This looks like the Avengers di- uh, assembling. What are you trying to tell us, Brandon? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. We got a big show today, though. We got a 2024 show today. We got a lot to talk about on today's show. Welcome to Phase Zero, Season 4. Let me give you a quick little taste, a little sample platter of what's going to happen on today's show. Uh, we're going to go talk about some of the big big news that happened that's going to really affect the year and the next coming years with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Then we're going to talk about all the movies and what we think of them, what we know about them, when we're getting them. Then we're going to talk about all the TV shows, what we think about them, what we know about them, when we're getting them. And then, just stay to the end, a little post credit scene on Phase Zero today. One, I promise you, you don't want to miss. It's about, about, about certain real estate in New York City. So we got to talk about that. Uh, there's some exclusive updates we got, too, about some of these shows. So some stuff you're going to hear for the first time on Phase Zero because it's a season four premiere. I was like, well, let's let's not do this anything less than 101% of the way, right? So everybody excited? Everybody thrilled? Everybody high on life? New Year 2024? Hell yeah. Let's go. Ah, okay. New intro music. Yeah. Intro music. If you're watching on YouTube, you got to hear the minute long countdown, which is now a minute instead of five. You don't have to wait so long for us. Uh, and also, we got that intro that if you're listening in podcast form, I'm pretty sure that's there too. And we got some hot new, some hot new music. It's a, it's a new year. It's a new show. It's a new me. Let's go. It's new all of us. All right. Anyway, it's a new Kang. And we uh, might be eating our own words. At least I am. Because we went around here just at the end of the year last year, and we said, would you rather recast or just move on from Kang? And I'm pretty sure all four of us said, move on from Kang. Nope. Aaron did not. Aaron, like Aaron said, Kang, recast Kang. Yeah. Aaron just knows. Aaron just gets it. If you've been listening for three years, you know. If there's one person on the show you can actually trust, it's Aaron Perrine. <laughs> Except for Aaron, for smarter than Marvel. Right Except no. on Secret Invasion. <laughs> Aaron, I was trying to put you over. All right. Oh, thank you. Um, Uh, I just 2023 rankings prove otherwise, but everything else, I think I've been okay. (laughs) God, go ask me about Secret Invasion. When see the thing is, when you try, when it's like a prediction show, it's tough. But when it's just off the cuff, we show that big brain. It's always it's always big braining. Uh, It sees things that the rest of us don't. So Jenna, Jamie, and myself sat here. We were like, well, maybe maybe it's time to just move on from Kang. And then, and then. 
Daniel RPK comes in with this rumor, which I can tell you there's some validity to it. Uh, Coleman Domingo is being considered as the new Kang the Conqueror in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm back. <laughs> I'm fully back with this. I think Coleman Domingo is a tremendous talent. He is in, in, if you have any of you guys watch Zola, multiple times that movie takes place very close to where i'm from it's so good zola if you haven't seen zola it's the twitter movie based on like the twitter thread and i'll leave the rest of the description of what it's about for you to go investigate we got kids listening to the show but it's great it's a fantastic film i love that movie and coleman domingo it plays let's just he plays two variants basically in this movie in that movie alone shows i think he has what it takes to play game He's been on Fear the Walking Dead. He's been in Euphoria. He's been on so many things. And he's the voice of Unicron in the new Transformers. Coleman is a tremendous talent. So first of all, based on his talent, what do you guys think? Jeno, Jamie, I'm going to come to you guys first. As the, as the people who were with me on the, we might just, it might just be time to move on from Kang camp. Are you back? Are you th- what do you, is, this, is this casting doing anything to change your mind? Or are you still kind of just like, well, whatever? I'm open to any possibility, and I think that they probably still are, and they're probably still exploring a lot of options given the situation and how quickly everything is now developing. But I, if this is something that they are pursuing, I definitely think it's a great option. And I think he didn't even occur to me as a really good Kang option, but I think he would be great. I'm still not going to rule out the chance that this might completely fall through and they might just pivot to somebody else. But if we do keep going with Kang, this is a pretty good option. Jamie, what are you thinking? I think he's such a great actor and has proven with Zola that he can be scary. He can be a villain. Uh, He's in the awards conversation right now for Rustin, which is currently streaming on Netflix. I mean, I think that he would crush in any part. That doesn't necessarily change my mind in terms of if I think they should keep Kang going. I think that if he does do it, he's got a lot to contend with. He's, you know, no matter what, there will be people comparing performances. It doesn't, it's just inevitable. I know people who I still, I still sometimes hear the words Terrence Howard was a better, better roadie all these years later like which is so funny like get over it uh and so I know like Aaron's face I know uh I, I won't shame the person who I hear that from often but I do hear it often um but anyway I just think that if it happens fine I mean I think he will be amazing but it doesn't necessarily change my mind in terms of how I want this to go it doesn't make the story we've already gotten better. I'll get. I'll give it that. I know, Absolutely. I, I love Coleman so much that I'm. I'm man, I'm on board. I, I think he's tremendous. Aaron, Aaron, go ahead. Take your victory lap. Without knowing if this is true, I know we're get, might be getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, but I just la- I'm still so shook at who the heck is like still like uh, you gotta get the arc reactor made. You gotta get the arc reactor. Like I don't understand who's still doing that in 2023. Like Empire was a decade ago. Um that's crazy. Wow. Um, so other than that, I Coleman is really, really super accomplished, like. Has all the bona fides. Rustin's good. He's in color purple. If you want to see what the most recent thing he's been in, uh, Field Street. He's in Forty Two. He's in Candyman. Naya loves him. Like uh, so, man. I he's in my rating. Like uh, I, I don't know. I know non BET circuit's gonna be like, who the heck is this guy? Unless they watch The Walking Dead or Euphoria. But I was like, he can do this. He can absolutely do this. And I just my thing was. A straight line is the easiest way from point A to point B. 
And if you've already got lunch boxes being printed and merch being made and whatever, it's kind of hard to just chalk all this other stuff that's in the production line just to like jumpstart Dr. Doom. Like it's, that's really hard. Everyone keeps saying that. Like, it's just like, they're just going to like, Michael Waldron's going to be like, ha I had a whole script ready to go. That's not how any of this stuff works as our next topic is going to teach us. So I, I don't blame y'all because the whole, like half the internet was on that too. They're like, just do Dr. Doom. It's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And they're the same people that in six months after Deadpool are going to be like, where's my Avengers movie? So the two things don't work together. Either you get the Dr. Doom story and it's, eight million years in the future and it's just the ants watching it or we get Avengers 5 on time. Those are the options. That's it. Well, I'd say this, Kang or no Kang, I'm going to be on the Where's My Avengers movie train. The, I'm yeah, going to be exactly. beating that drum in the streets until it, until the freaking movie comes home. But yeah, no, you, you make points, Aaron. You make points. Yeah, I mean, listen, you you right there with me. You know Colbert's got the goods for this. If anybody, you you know he's got the goods for Dude, this. I, I, I got I, I to say that Coleman's not only a very talented person. I've known Coleman for a long time. I've known Coleman for like probably damn near close to a decade now. I started interviewing him when he start when he started on Fear the Walking Dead. That's how I was introduced to him. And him and I, like, I mean, we de- we almost developed a project together. Uh, and I I working with him, getting to know him, and spending time talking to him, like, and and just knowing people who know him. There, I don't know anybody in that I've interviewed that I've had this many conversations about or with that I've never heard a person say a bad word about. Like, it's a, you can't not root for this guy if you've ever met him. He is just a really good dude, and everybody else who has, who, who I've met, who has met him, says the same thing. So I think I, 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 maybe I'm even more back on board with the Kang train because I'm rooting for Coleman in that way. I, I'm such a big fan of his as a human and as an actor. I, that's, so, uh, first, that's so lovely. Uh, I want to, I, I do want to, Say something to Aaron's point, though. I just want to like argue Aaron real quick. Aaron's basically implying that you have to build up the villain before you can have an Avengers movie. But my favorite villain in the MCU is Ultron, and there was no Ultron before that Avengers movie. So it is possible to introduce a villain in an Avengers movie. I just want to bring that out. But also, Brandon, that was so nice, and you got me. You did get me a little more excited. That's really nice to hear. And I agree with you on that point too. At the Ultron point, the uh, I, I have if they weren't going to do Kang, I think I said this before, but it was just like make an Avengers movie with a villain. Doesn't matter who, just just make make somebody a villain, make mm-hmm. Wenwu a villain. I don't care, still alive. And then all of a sudden, everybody's got to come together to fight him. Just figure it out to get the relationships, the friendships, the rivalries, the frenemies of the Avengers. I'll make that all interesting. But it sounds like maybe, maybe still going to get Kang oh. Dynasty. But they need a director too. Like, yes. But anyway, all right. This is a 2024 <laughs> preview show. We got a lot more to talk about. We can't spend any more time on this. Sorry, seemingly right. pretty on board. So, Kevin, come on, get, just pay the man. Get him. Get him on there. We're all buying the tickets if it's Coleman. Uh, but one bummer of a bit of news here: Stephen Young dropped out of Thunderbolts. Instead of scheduling conflicts, I believe. Mm-hmm. Eh, hmm. <laughs> Stephen Young is no longer going to be Century. Thunderbolts needs a new Century. To me, that just kind of stinks all around. There's no other way to say it. I love Stephen Young. And that would have been cool. I felt so bad for Jenna. 
the discourse around this was so funny. I just have to say, because also the, this, like the rumor first circulated on DCU leaks and people were like, how can you trust them? They don't even have anything to do with this franchise. And I was like, they have nothing to lose or gain by suggesting that this is a thing. And so I honestly believed them when they tweeted that out. And then later that night it got confirmed. So I, it sucks. I would have loved to have seen his version of Sentry. Like people are already doomsdaying. And by people, I mean, Jim Viscardi of whether or not Sentry is even in this movie anymore, which I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I feel like this movie is just a mystery box when we're still kind of sitting here and not knowing if Ghost is even in this movie and we haven't known for like a year and a half. So it sucks. I'm very curious to see what this project actually develops into because they kind of have to start filming sooner or later. Yeah. I don't think Sentry had a big role in the movie in the first place. I'm pretty sure it was a like a, a small, smaller supporting role, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I believe this very, very well could be some like big drama that we don't know about. But also, I also really believe that it's just the strike happened and things got shuffled around and he probably has a project he's more excited about and chose over this. I really think that's probably what it is. But it is interesting to see this happen right when Marvel Marvel used to be the get for actors. It was the best, biggest thing you could do. And now we're seeing actors, it looks like choosing other things over it. And that mm. comes back down to the Fantastic Four thing where it's like they clearly asked everyone in Hollywood if they wanted to be in that movie. And then they were like, no, thank you. I don't want to commit to that, but <laughs> cool idea. So I also thought Thunderbolts had started filming before no. the strike shut everything down. <laughs> Yo, so me too. I, I, was, nope. I was like, oh no. I, maybe it was just, I guess, pre-production, but I totally thought that it was like like what are they gonna do but no yeah, i keep awesome. forgetting they have not rolled cameras on that movie at all yet for some reason Aaron, any thoughts on uh glenn dropping roll out the, roll the night night across the clip where she's like well you see i signed up for a thing and then they pushed it a year and then they pushed it four more months they pushed it six months and there was no more time so i had to go do other stuff and i feel like that's exactly what's going on here we all love palace intrigue people love palace intrigue so freaking much but it the real world is much more boring it's so much more boring, y'all, than we want it to be. Like, I, and Steven is great. My joke is, this is Robert Kirkman's fault. I was just about to say. We had a message somebody on Instagram yesterday and said, do you think that Stephen Young got fired because of Robert Kirkman? <laughs> I saw people say, oh, he left this to go play live action Invincible. It's like, he is so much older than Invincible ever would need to be in live action. I, like, have your pipe dream, but, like, there is no universe in which that's actually happening. He's not, he's not playing live First action. First of all, doesn't Rob got enough going on without, like, a <laughs> live action Invincible movie? Can we get through the cart? Can we get through the cartoon, the excellent cartoon first before we start doing the live action thing? It's my biggest pet peeve. People just... <laughs> I don't need it. I swear you don't. Go watch Gen V again. Feel better. Yeah. All right, y'all. Since we're going to talk about 2024 and we're now allowed to roll out some of the Echo interviews, before we get into our movie preview for the year, how about we hear from Marvel's Brad Winderbaum, who's head of streaming animation and television, uh, who I asked him. Clearly things are changed. Actually, I think the question is included in the clip. So let's let's just roll the clip studios and tv and streaming has shifted the schedule quite a bit going forward i'd love to hear about how you guys are kind of learning from the past couple years and all the stuff you've done and how you're applying that to what's coming in the coming years that's a such a great question um we've learned a lot um we've we've produced a lot of content very quickly and we're a um primarily a a a filmmaking company so you can see that the 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 our our first round of shows have a very um 
uh, a movie-like structure. They arc out the characters by the end. They feel like standalone limited series. Moving forward, our content is going to feel a lot more like television that kind of drives towards the horizon, drives towards the future, um, can, can keep people engaged for longer periods of time in a more lean back setting of your living room to set it apart, frankly, from the big cinematic event experiences in the movie theater. Awesome. Mm -mm -mm. Marvel, clearly, clearly paying attention, clearly trying some new stuff. I appreciate that he gave a very transparent answer as well. I, I love that answer. I will say two things. First of all, to bring up the MCU Reign of Marvel Studios book, like they they dive into the television process and how the, treating that like a movie production did not ultimately work in some ways. And that is worth mentioning here. It's also, we've said this on the show multiple times, but the strikes and the way that the strikes were resolved and what the you know new uh, resolution is also kind of has to have them make this more of a TV production as opposed to a movie production. So mm -hmm. I welcome it. I'm glad that we're at this point. Mm -hmm. it's in this kind of change going from only movies to so many shows and everything they're going to be growing pains it, it you know if it had all just gone smoothly and perfectly i think that would be crazy so i i, I just have hope and faith that they are on the right track and figuring out their business yeah yeah all right all right we're gonna take Aaron. you got anything you want to say no we can take a break I saw you unmute, and I was like, hold on, we got to let the prophet speak. No, no, no. What's going to happen in 2024? Oh, when that mic comes unmuted, I'm like, I got to get some lottery numbers ready. All right, we're going to take a quick one-minute break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the movies of 2024, then the TV and animation of 2024, and then uh, something really interesting. I promise you, it's it's if, if you have anything in common with me, it's worth the wait at the end of the show. So we'll see you in a moment. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Phase Zero, where we're talking about 2024, because we're in it now. Might as well talk about it. And that means we're getting four Marvel movies this year, one from Marvel Studios and three from Sony. And the first one up, the tangled web we're weaving. Madam Web sweep, everybody. Let's get started. So Madam Web is the first Marvel movie of uh, 2024. It comes out on February 14th. It is directed by S.J. Clarkson of The Defenders, Jessica Jones, Life on Mars. Um, the cast that we already know and that the first trailer confirmed is Dakota Johnson as Cassandra Webb, um, Isabella Merced as Anya Corazon, Sydney Sweeney as Julia Carpenter, Celeste O'Connor as Maddie Franklin, and Tahar Rahim as Ezekiel Sims, who was studying spiders in the 
Amazon with uh, Cassandra's mom. Um, one bit of Madam Web rumor mill that has had the internet very, very intrigued this year is that there's a chance that Emma Roberts and um, Adam Scott, who are both cast in the movie, are playing Mary Parker and Ben Parker. How do we feel about that? That would make them siblings? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, interesting. That's a, a, I, I, I don't know. It seems like a interesting choice, but Ben is a lot older than Mary in the comics. Technically. Yeah. Depending on the interpretation. I could see it. They're both good actors. Why not? <clears throat> this seems, <laughs> while I don't know if this is true, you know, who knows? This is like IMDb credits type thing. And, and sometimes those are before the movie comes out, aren't on it. But this seems like just the thing Sony would do to give audiences the feeling of they're actually watching a Spider-Man movie, but they're not. You know, they, they it's just like throwing a Spider-Man in a trailer and then not even having that shot in the trailer, even if it was just graffiti. But I, I in the case of Madam Web and the fact that Ben Parker has become quite popular through other mediums and Mary Parker, you know, I, it's entirely possible. But I, I, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see this happen, but it not actually have anything to do with a Peter Parker or a Spider-Man tie at all in Madam Web. We did see Adam Scott's character be like a paramedic with Cassandra. So if that is Ben Parker, that would be a really kind of interesting track to take him on. But yeah, Aaron, how do you feel about it? I mean, me and you, we're, we're the, the banner carriers for this because I, I know I know what to expect from the Venom movies and I have no idea what craven the hunter is going to be at all i don't think any of us do but i am intrigued by how just insane it feels like it could be like the stuff about spider hunters and obviously final destination weird that's a raven premonitions i i'm in i'm in i hope it's all i hope all the baddiest stuff i've read on twitter and online is true i i really do it's also, so the funny. chat is clarifying that uh, Mary and Ben are um, in-laws, that like Mary is Ben's sister-in-law. I, I got like, it's it's so hard to keep track of, especially if you've read Trouble. It's very hard to keep track. Yeah, that's a weird two people to have. The uh -huh. uh, like in-laws, like there has to be a connective piece in there, right? Maybe if there is and they just aren't cast yet. Like we have no idea. I hope they had that movie cast. It seems like but I just mean like they aren't like publicly like we're not publicly aware of who those people are. So all right. So yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> wow. Okay. Jeez. And then right. BD has another note in here. How do we think the trailers and the poster have impacted the hype around Madam Web? I know Aaron and I have been hyped. We continue to be hyped. <laughs> it feels like a a Morbius thing where it's just a meme and they're gonna be like, oh, the internet's really hyped for this. So when really they're just memeing it. And we've learned that that's not the same thing. Making a meme doesn't mean we're going to go to the movies about it. That's not yeah. the final trailer, is it? No. No. It's not it would be like if there's only one. Away. <laughs> they got to drop another trailer soon, though. Yeah. Super Bowl, Madam Web trailer. That trailer's <laughs> tough. I'm not going to lie. That trailer's tough. The poster is tougher. And I don't mean that in like, oh, that's tough, like a compliment, like tough, like that's ugly. That poster's <laughs> tough. I cannot believe they released that poster. The trailer's fine. Like the trailer doesn't really do anything to me. I was more excited about this movie when I was curious about it. Then I saw the trailer and I was like, eh, okay. And that is partially the Morbius burn that I will always wear the scar of. But 
that poster was bad. Like, I, just, I, I can't, I have not, I, but I don't The poster be, is for the type of movie that it is, which is a mid-2000s superhero movie. And that, I can respect it for that alone. No, I can't. <laughs> Do we, okay, I got one question about Madam Web. I want to get everybody to weigh in on real quick. Madam Web, over, under, one, Spider-Man. No, 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 no. Madam Web, over, under. 0.5 Spider-Mans in this movie. Over or under? I feel like they're going to do something weird. I'm, I'm going to say over because I feel like they're going to do some multiversal thing that is going to be super weird and we're not going to be prepared for. Credit scenes count. I'll, cr- I'll count credit yeah, scenes. Yeah, so purely with credit over. scenes, I would say over. Okay. Jamie? You're asking if we're going to get a Spider-Man in this movie? Is that what you're asking? An appearance from a, any any oh. any any type of Spider-Man. Peter Parker, Miles Morales, I don't care who it is. No. No. <laughs> I'm going to say right. no. Under, under, sorry. <laughs> this ain't letterboxed. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron? I, I got over. I'm with, I'm with Jenna. I don't know if it means he's got to be in the suit or not, but absolutely. Like... If we're gonna do this whole weird Sony multiverse of Spider-Man characters thing, there there has to be some other. There's got to be some connective tissue. Why would you tell this story with this character and there's no Spider-Man in it at all? Is wild. I am thrilled that you're getting all these different Spider Women though. That's dope. But I just don't understand if it's taking place in the 2000s. How is that going to work? Like, is they gonna de-age Toby and he gonna show up? No, what? it's probably just gonna be somebody else. It's watch it be like Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even have to be Peter Parker. It could be Ben Riley. It could be yeah. Miguel O'Hara. It could be any Spider-Man. And okay. For that reason, I'm saying I'm taking the over. I think there will be some some Spider-Man in Madam Web one way or another. I'm not saying it's gonna make sense. <laughs> it's not gonna make sense. <laughs> I think it will not. No, this one's for the girlies. I'm I'm sticking with my under. All right. All right. Next up, July 26th, we got Deadpool 3. Uh, this was originally September, then it was May. Now it's July. Probably going to stick with that date. Uh, Sean Levy's directing this one. You know him from Stranger Things. Free Guy and Real Steel. Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, Jennifer Garner. They're the only cast members we know of officially for this one, right? Oh, no. oh, oh. Uh, what's his name from Succession? Uh, what Matthew name? McFadden. Matthew, Matthew McFadden. McFadden, yeah. We also oh. have Emma Corrin. We Emma have... Uh, Vanessa, um, Miranda Baccarin. We we know a lot of more people than you have on this list. That's true. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, to, po- po- yeah, be careful. Rumor, be careful. Yeah. Popular rumor Taylor Swift will play Dazzler in Deadpool 3. My favorite rumor. Mobius is coming back as, you know, Owen Wilson comes back to MCU for Deadpool 3. TVA is in the movie. I would love that. I don't know if it's true. The fact that there's been nothing to back it up ever since that little rumor started. I'm getting a little nervous, especially in how perfect that Loki ending was. I'd be also nervous if he does show up because he just wants to let time pass and not that much will have passed. But I don't know. Maybe there's just no pleasing me. I would love to see Alan Wilson back. I think he's the best post-endgame casting. First R-rated movie from Marvel Studios. So here's my question. Deadpool 1 made $782 million. Deadpool 2 made $785 million. Will Deadpool 3... Not only make more than those, but will it be a billion-dollar movie? Because it's the only Marvel movie of the year that has a chance at that. 
I think it would take a very, very strong marketing campaign to even remotely get it to a billion. I, I was going to say, just to begin with, I feel like this all, as I was saying on last week's show, hinges on the marketing. And I think if they market this movie correctly, if they make clear, like, this is the only MCU movie this year and it is an event and you need to go see it, I could easily see them getting in the 700s. I, I'm not necessarily confident on a billion just because of the way that this industry is. Tell you how it hits a billion. The only way Deadpool 3 hits a billion, and I'm actually being serious and i could be wrong but i think the real way deadpool 3 hits a billion dollars is if taylor swift is actually in the movie yes you're probably right about that uh i i really think that it's depends i think jen is right on the marketing also how many other movies are coming out in july how crowded is it going to be which is was a problem this summer uh and and reviews will still have a slight part in this if it, if it gets horrible reviews that's going to probably affect it but i think you're right too if i think that taylor swift is the the way it gets a billion dollars but it's hard it's so hard to say this 2023 was so odd who knows guardian only made 850 845 so Aaron, what do you think profit let's hear it let's hold on everybody listen up don't <laughs> All this hype. Um, I really do think that it being the only one and being this like fan beloved character, and they'll there have been such a big gap between Echo and this. It is a massive chasm of time. It's the Echo, Ma- is it Madam Web, and then this, and like as far as live action, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I my only thing is I wish they had a trailer for Super Bowl because then it would be mm-hmm. on. I think we'd be fine. I don't think they have enough shots. To have a trailer to be honest for what's going on for february that's only a couple weeks away i don't jenna's like dubious in the corner what's up no no, i'm just like purely like the the example i will always use is the batman had a trailer for the first dc fandom off of like a month of footage and it's still when you look at it in hindsight you can see how they only filmed so much but it felt like a full trailer even with that and so they had half of deadpool 3 done before they shut down with the strikes we know that they've picked back up again and they filmed more i would not put it past them they almost need to have a super bowl trailer in order to really start this marketing campaign right i i think so too i I do think we'll get a deadpool trailer around the time of the super bowl if not at the super bowl and i also think if they don't have enough shot to make a trailer by the super bowl they're not getting a july release date you know that's that right if you can't put together two and a half interesting minutes of the movie i don't think you're putting together two hours of the movie four months five months later i think i'm just i'm just concerned because they lost so much time due to the strike that there's been so much shifting. Although I do think you literally could do the Ant-Man thing. If there was ever a time for you to do the Ant-Man gag again, this is the time. And just have Jackman and Reynolds like goof around. I was going to say, if you just Channing put them Tatum in. walk in and yeah. be like, oh, I, I, I showed up here for no reason. And walk out. Perfect. If, if you just sit them down on a couch and just have them vamp for like two minutes, that could be your trailer and people would probably be fine with it. Oh, yeah, sure. For sure. All right. But yeah, I'm, um, I, I hope that this is true. I think it can. I just, I don't think you can take anything from the last three to four years. I'm Christopher Boozy out here. I'm like, throw all that garbage out. It doesn't mean anything. People don't answer their phones. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows. I will say J- Jamie's point about it being crowded in July is probably more than anything. Because what else comes out, Jay? What, what do we got? Let's see. July 2024 releases. Um... 
let's see. Oh my goodness. Uh, we got it. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't have this information in front of me. It's I'm okay. trying to find it. Um, uh, and some of these are like, oh, is Dune coming out in July? No, it, it's in March. It's in March. Okay, then this website I'm looking at is is of no help. Um, I've got I've got August pulled up. It doesn't have a lot coming out after it. Borderlands comes out okay. on August 9th, which I don't think is going to really be. Mm-hmm. T- it's going to be a similar tone, probably of movie, but I think mm-hmm. Deadpool has the advantage on that one. And that's in its third weekend. Yeah, what I'm looking at still has Captain America on there, so I'm I'm giving up. Despicable <laughs> Me, July third, Mufasa, mm-hmm. July fifth, and these are this is Wait. from MovieInsider.com that has the full list. Venom three. Oh, this has Venom three in July. That's wrong. I was like Mufasa's in December, ain't it? Yeah, like, yeah, I think also, we're looking at the same website. They need well, yeah, to anyway that title, by the way. Uh, the fact that that thing's called Mufasa the Lion King, boy, if you don't change that colon around, <laughs> what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> the naming department is where we need to overhaul some of these studios. I'm like, you don't put Lion King first. What's wrong with you? you don't put if they didn't learn from the Birds of Prey title back pre-pandemic, the no, they're never going to learn. Hmm. All right. Now that the DCU is dead, we can we can finally be honest about where the top three of that that franchise is. I love it. This movie. is a whole separate conversation. We're not, we're not we're not going to get. I know we're not doing another twenty minute moving. debate. Let's get okay. into August. All right. But here's something everybody does want to talk about: is Craven the Hunter. You know, our favorite uh, hunter, non-hunting, slightly vegan, but not really vegan, uh, Marvel Comics villain, anti-hero. So we got J.C. Shindor of Triple Frontier. Layla just shared wherever she is uh, directing this one. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Russell Crowe going into his closet of accents. (laughs) I respect it. Is it, wait, is he really? Is he the Rhino? I thought he was Craven's dad, right? Wait, who's turning into Rhino at the end of the trailer? A different guy. I'm, I'm totally blanking on the actor's name, but it is not Russell Crowe because Russell Crowe yeah, is he's, he's Raven dad. and Chameleon's dad. Yeah, well, man, and he's Russell also Crow. Hercules' dad, and he's also yeah. Superman's yeah. dad. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, and he also broke Ryan Gosling's finger in a really good underrated movie, Once Upon a yes. Time. Oh, yes. your his arm. <laughs> Great. Movie. We got Great all movie. of his entire highlights right there. That's nothing else. You don't need any other stuff. He's a really um, angry guy in traffic. <laughs> One might say he's unhinged. He was the Pope's exorcist. Oh, right, no, let's not forget right. Javert, everybody. I named my car after him. Yes, Good with a sword. Hell yeah, uh, Master Commander is my is my favorite I thing mean, to mention. That doesn't make sense. That's the best. It's it let's is. be honest. Master is the actual best. <laughs> anyway, Jamie, go to go to Letterbox and read more about that from Jamie Dirac. Um, yeah. this you is what our- <laughs> We started talking about Craven, and we found a hundred other things more interesting than Craven. <laughs> Exactly. That's why I picked this because we can have fun. Uh, it's our rated feature. Uh, the first trailer is out there already. If you haven't guessed from our vamping, it did not inspire confidence. There's been some interviews where they say he won't actually hunt. He's an animal lover, which is very strange because if you ever picked up anything or played the acclaimed video game Spider-Man 2, you know that's kind of his whole deal, this hunting people down. If you listen to Brandon Davis, at one point, he probably was going to be the villain of ye old Spider-Man 3, but we'll never know, unfortunately. You know what? Over or under, does he show up at Battle Web at the end? Oh. I'm taking the under. That, <laughs> that seems more likely than some random Spider-Boy. <laughs> no, but that doesn't sell tickets, and Sony's more about cheap, cheap pops than long-term storytelling. 
My only thing is Craven was supposed to come out way before Madam Web. And so mm. I, I I don't know if they would have been able to film something that would make sense when it now is coming out after. It would, it would suck if he's in his like full final outfit from the end of his movie and he shows up in that and then we have to watch him earn it like seven months later. So I'm, I'm going to say under. Tell you what would be the most cost efficient way for someone to put the over on this one is just do an old fashioned credit scene. And just have a scene from Craven play oh. at the end of Madam Web. You like remember they did with, used to do that? They did that with Venom and Spider Verse that one time. So there's precedent. Yeah, that could happen. Would that count? Would we count that? If we're counting yeah, that, I, I, I think it's possible. I think it counts. Yeah, it counts. I'll allow it for sure. All right. I, so uh, go in, get ready to see Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is, by the way, in hilarious shape to be in this movie. Just in tremendous, tremendous shape. If that's your, if that's your bag. And hopefully next time we see him, he's wearing a tuxedo. Good luck to you, bud. <laughs> All right. We got one more movie this year. One more Marvel movie. Oh, Is this me? Oh, okay. No. Fine, guys. I'll do this one. Jeez. <laughs> Y'all know how much I love the Venom movie. So let me talk about Venom 3. <laughs> this was directed by Kelly Marcel, who previously wrote Venom 1 and 2 and 50 Shades of Grey. Uh in turn, you know, we don't really know too much about it. Tom Hardy's back. We saw footage of him wearing that same Hawaiian shirt that he was wearing in that No Way Home credit scene at the very end, uh, uh, end of Venom 2. Maybe a Spider-Man's involved there with the toxin tease when old buddy woke up and said monsters in Venom 2, right? There was uh, the symbiote is left in the MCU. Maybe that's a factor. I can't imagine how legally or logically that could be done but the only one i am concerned with is legally because logic doesn't really apply to these movies uh will morbius show up i don't know they've referenced morbius has made references morbius has made references to venom that thing in san francisco you know and he also named john he said i'm venom just kidding i'm dr mike whatever uh will there be a spider-man is my question that i wrote down if there is i beg for it to be andrew garfield i beg i beg i beg but then again, that just also wouldn't make any sense because there has been no indication of a Spider-Man. Oh, Jamie doesn't like it. No, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that it's all so ridiculous. Like, I love, I, I would yeah. love to see Andrew Garfield. It's just like, yeah, like you said, it's nonsense. None of this makes sense. It's you, Brandon, like, trolled Twitter by asking on the Phase Zero account, what Marvel movie are you most excited about this year? What a dumb question. <laughs> well, I can't believe Sony really thinks they can release three of these movies in one year with any success. And the more we talk about it, the more bored I am just talking about it, <laughs> let alone sitting through six hours of this. Luckily, hopeful, maybe they might be doing it. I don't know the runtime. I don't know. No, Venom 2 was a clean 90 minutes with credits. Yeah. yeah. So that the was dream. like a 79-minute <laughs> movie. Mm. That, was a, that was two Disney Plus episodes, if you're lucky, on a Disney Plus show. I also uh, have to acknowledge, because you don't have it in your notes, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor and Juno Temple are in oh, Venom yes, 3, right. based off of the reporting that we know. So it's not just Tom Hardy vamping by himself for two hours to 90 in minutes. In a lobster tank? Yeah. Uh, I love both those actors. Uh, Juno Temple's great. Chiwetel Ejiofor is fantastic. Probably not playing Baron Mordo, though. No. <laughs> 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 you joke but that was a conversation on in our slack channel the day that he got cast yeah. everyone was like how is he mordo in the multiverse it's like he is totally just playing someone completely different yeah. it's not gonna be connected at all he's a new man he's yeah. a variant uh, it's okay venom one 
Venom 1 made $856 million. Venom 2 made $506 million. How far does Venom 3 fall, or does it go past that half a billion mark that Venom 2 is sitting at? Again, I think it's all marketing. I think if they market this well, they could possibly get up to the $500 million again. And I think for something like a Venom movie, and especially the third Venom movie, that is a very admirable box office to reach. I don't think they're hitting the 856 i think that is just a, a product of a bygone era but they could do it if they market it right i don't think they're hitting 856 I, no matter what the marketing is no i think that it has the potential to make more than craven and madam webb combined and that still won't be a lot of money <laughs> I, that's what i think i think it's going to be the best of the three but it's not going to be an impressive number but people will come out for tom they will even even if it's not a lot of people i do think it has the best chance of any of these of making any money but i don't think it's going to do that well i think venom I, three will make the most money of all of them i also think it would be the best venom movie of all three it's so funny, too, because, listen, it put up those numbers th that same year that Shang-Chi happened, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like For Venom 2? Yeah. Yeah. Like, theaters were barely open. It still made fun. That's a wild return. That's a wild return for one of these movies. I don't know why one day when the aliens come down, they will do an archaeological study of why we loved these strange little Venom movies the way we did, along with the other quirks we have as a people. Um, but, yeah, I... I don't think 800s within grasp unless I mean nothing else hits. I just it it is really fascinating to me. Like this is a real draw. This is like the little engine that could. Even getting to make a third one is really house money, you know. Mm -hmm. We got Tom Hardy on Instagram talking about this is the last dance, and I'm like, it's a Venom franchise. How in the world they're not the you're not the Bulls? What is happening? <laughs> what is going on? Um, but you know. I'm just happy because, Jenna, it'll be me and you on the Madam Web reaction episode from the sounds of it. It'll be us two, uh, Brandon's dog, and uh, Jamie. <laughs> and Tony. Maybe let Tony sit here. Yeah, Tony will be like, I don't know what happened. Okay, Nova is hyped for Madam Web. She's hyped. I, actually, on the Madam Web front, I had notes I forgot to bring up. Madam Web, did you look at who wrote Madam Web? The people who wrote Morbius. Yeah. You know who wrote Morbius? You know what else they wrote? These are their top four movies on IMDb that they're known for. Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. Pr probably wonderful people. I know they're doing their best and they're, they're charming. Uh, these are the four movies they're known for on IMDb. Morbius, Gods of Egypt, The Last Witch Hunter, and Power Rangers. Are no, you guys okay. still excited? Because I can respect God a good B movie. Yes. Terrible. Like I watched all FX a lot. I have fun watching garbage. <laughs> Same with Aaron. I Gods of Egypt, anytime it's on cable, it's like, well, this is just on his background noise now. So I, I want Madam Webb to be good. I really, really do. I think it has so much potential. I really do, but I have been burned. And I I now I'm now I'm in I'm, I'm just in defensive mode now. I got my shields <laughs> up. I'm like, uh -huh, uh -huh. you ain't gonna hurt me again. I need oh. I need Kofi and Matt to know that uh, the person who wrote the Power Rangers movie wrote this movie. Now I need to know what they think. Uh, and Nick, I just want to say matter. that I didn't hate the Power Rangers movie. You know, yeah. uh, just want to put that out into the universe. Uh, does that give me faith for this? No, it certainly <laughs> does not. But I still would like to say some beacon of positivity. Right, we're gonna move on to TV. We're gonna take a quick break. We come back. There's a lot of TV shows and animation to talk about for next year. Uh, and also there's a pretty 
exciting little clip, exclusive little tease thing that we got coming up at the end of the show, a little post-credit scene coming up on Phase Zero. So stay tuned. This is a great opportunity if you're listening to us on Twitter, following us on whatever, wherever you're watching us, go subscribe to the YouTube channel because we got Echo interviews. we got lots of fun stuff coming up on the channel. we got another live show on Friday that we're going to be doing. It's going to be really cool. You're not going to want to miss that. So subscribe to the channel on YouTube, and we'll see you in just a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to phase zero of the 2024 preview episode we're gonna move through these a little quicker we've been, we've been going on a little long here uh tv shows we're gonna start in january just a few more days january 9th that's six days away Echo's coming. uncle cox is returning as maya lopez we you know first and last seen in hawkeye vincent d'onofrio and charlie cox are back as kingpin and daredevil what a way to start the year folks it's the first tvma series from marvel studios it's a binge release Five episodes, so much different stuff going on. Uh, synopsis, it's the origin of Echo revisits Maya Lopez, whose ruthless behavior in New York City catches up with her in her hometown. She must face her past, reconnect with her Native American roots, and embrace the meaning of family and community if she ever hopes to move forward. I, I think it's cool that a TV MA and a rated R all in one year, we're getting dark, folks. What do you think? So excited. Here for it. It's going to be good. Aaron's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I think it's going to be good. Listen, regular therapy doesn't usually involve guns, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounded like. That's what it sounded like. I'm like, oh, that's not, that doesn't, that's not what the trailer showed me. There's a lot more people getting their heads hit into objects than in my therapy <laughs> session. Thank God. It sounds more like watching Guardians of the Galaxy or the Marvels next to Jamie. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Echo right around the corner. Uh, it's going to be a, a new kind of stress relief, it sounds. And uh, yeah, it, it looks. It, it, Jamie Jamie saw saw a bit of Echo a while ago uh, at that at that event. Was describing that awesome no. fight scene. Yeah, yeah, that the clips I saw back then were it got me hyped. We don't want to confuse that event with D twenty three, which Jamie also <laughs> went to. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, Sometimes I go to things. Uh, It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing I get to do is go to places and see things. D23, 2024, Jim Viscardi, let's go. Send me. (laughs) Jim can't go to events. Like, I'm sorry, but if they didn't send me to D23, I think that that would be really sad. It would. (laughs) Jim Viscardi can't go to events himself because he can't sit in the crowd and not skip things. So, yeah. Jim only had 343 days in 2023 because he spent so much time skipping 10 seconds. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we got to animate. Let's switch into some animation here. Oh, yeah. So, in a surprise, like, flip from last year, like, a ton of the stuff we've got coming this year is animation. 
up first in spring slash summer of X-Men 97. Warm up that Wendy Houston because it's X-Men 97. We got a direct follow-up to X-Men animated series. It picks up where the show left off. Uh, the new animation looks really crisp. They did they like sort of did techniques to balance like sort of like a modern animation aesthetic and then make it also look like that 90s cartoon. Like it does look like Captain Crunch cereal. Like it looks like, you know, a fruit by the foot in a lot of ways or gushers um and tons of merch already is like hitting the stores which is wild like to see in like physical space the old style boxes with the plastic and it's like wolverine how you remember like it's very it's a weird trip it's a very very cool thing everybody excited for more x-men that lego uh-huh. xj is calling my name oh <laughs> I'm literally staring across the room at the uh, Madeline Pryor Funko Pop that I bought because it's also just a good version of like her comic costume. So I was like, I need to own this. I'm so excited for this show. It's ridiculous. I forgot this is a feast for you because they're all like the comics. They just look just like it. Oh, yes. (laughs) It's going to be great. (laughs) I I love the original series so much. As I've said on the show, I think like it does so many things right. It is the best Phoenix Force or Phoenix Saga adaptation by a mile. So I'm I'm so excited to have this show be this year because it's just going to be so much fun. I've been putting it on before bed every night and I'm having sweet, sweet dreams, baby. It is just <laughs> so good. It is like it is like mind blowing how good that show is. And I'm so excited it's coming back. I just I just can't believe it's coming back. And it looks so good. Ah. Don't let Jamie play 1602 before sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah x-men 97 right around right around the corner should be spring summer you know not too far off that's exciting we are here would love to talk to lenore zan the directors all those people that that, what a what a journey i wonder if they ever thought they were going to play these characters again you know probably not there's no way um so i am i back to back yeah Yeah. to back Oh boy! So more Aaron. Uh, we got Eyes of Wakanda. This is a surprise. If you've watched our "What If" reaction episode with me, Brandon, and Jamie, getting to see it, they dropped this on us at the end of that presentation. Like, oh yeah, by the way, there's like a whole Wakanda show, which is just wild. The animation's really cool. It looks like a mix of sort of cell shaded um, and impression, like impressionistic stuff. I'm really excited to see what people think about that. Uh, we have a- awesome, don't we, Brandon? Yes. Brad Winderbaum opened up about Eyes of Wakanda. It's um, it's a it's a show we're producing in partnership with Proximity Media, which with with Ryan Coogler as one of our executive producers. Um, the show was brought to us by Todd Harris, who was a longtime storyboard artist at the company, just like Brian Andrews was, who is the director of What If, and he pitched the show to Ryan, and he pitched the show to Kevin and I, and we were like, let's do it, and it's a it's it's uh it's it's I don't want to say too much about it, um, only that uh, uh, it, 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 people do not see it coming. I'm so ready. So, so ready. So very, very ready. Um, I got synopsis that they put out as well. So throughout Wakanda history, brave warriors have been tasked to travel the world retrieving dangerous vibranium artifacts. This is their story. Um, we also know that Mark Bernardine uh, from Batman Beyond with Kevin Smith wrote two of the episodes. And he said that I wrote two episodes of it, so I know some things, but I can't say anything because the snipers get a little twitchy. 
And this is the reason that I couldn't come back from Masters of Evil uh, season two because this swallowed my life for about nine months. And I can't wait till you guys see it because it's so freaking dope. So we're glad that you didn't get sniped, my friend. I'm I'm very happy that you're still walking among us. Also, they were there with he did something with the Black Panther like video game that mm-hmm. they put out. Um, and people thought that's what he was talking about when he said he was working with Marvel. He was like, haha, it was actually this as well. So that's really cool. How's everybody feel about Eyes Wakanda? I'm very excited. I like not having seen any footage or any idea of what this looks like. I still think it has so much potential to be really, really cool. I also just love the synopsis giving like law and order. These are their stories energy. Like that is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm hyped. It just looks beautiful. I'm just really excited to to see this animation. And I, I, I don't really know much about what's happening other than it looks pretty. And that's something. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much where I'm at. Looks awesome. Animation looks great. I think it's going to be very possible for me by the end of the year between X Men, Eyes of Wakanda, and Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man, which we're about to talk about, that I get a little animation burnout. I think that's I know myself. I'm more of a live action fan, and I've already felt a bit of live action burnout. So I think it'll be easier for me to get animation burnout, mostly because of the way we watch things. We have to watch it through the lens of like, okay. Well, I need a half hour worth of stuff to talk about on this one, which is a good problem to have. I acknowledge it. But in watching What If Season 2, watching them back the second time around, like I, I really enjoyed most of those episodes in the first place. I enjoyed all of the episodes, actually. But watching them back, even the ones that I was like, oh, my gosh, these, you know, we, we, we binge them. And it's just anthology. It was also anthology, so it's a bit different. I don't know if Eyes of Wakanda is going to be an anthology series. But uh it was just like by six, seven, eight. I was kind of like, okay, I'm a little fried on on this right now. And then I watched them again. I was like, man, this whole season's fantastic. So if we get to just have fun with it. Obviously, that's what I want to do. That's how I want to have enjoy this stuff. But uh, I think by the by the time we get our third live action show, which I don't know the order of these coming out either, or how many episodes of any of them we're getting, it's possible I'm going to feel a bit of like, okay, this is a lot. The daily release on What If was fun though. I don't know if like. It's hard to think about, are we going to do weekly episodes of all these shows? We do daily episodes. Are they going to be released as a binge? If the release is a binge, I'm screwed. I'm just going to be like, man, <laughs> how are we going to do this? But I think Guys of Wakanda, specifically because of the animation and knowing very little else about it, it sounds really cool. It looks looks really cool, I guess is really what I meant to say. Way to bring the vibe down. Just to be like, I'm already burnt out. And we haven't seen any of no, these things no, yet. No, no, that's why I bring the vibe down. I'm, I'm just being honest. I think that all of these sound cool. Uh, Spider, and I have thoughts on Spider-Man too, but uh, like, well, Eyes of Wakanda, I have nothing else to say other than it looks tremendous. Visually, that, that reel they showed us was incredible. And the art differences between X-Men, Eyes of Wakanda, and Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man are crazy. And Eyes of Wakanda looks the best. There's like It just looks so damn good with that. So creative with that animation. Uh, but yeah, I just, I hate, fun. I hate fun. People are in the chat like, BD hates Marvel. You heard it here first. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I hate, fun. I hate Marvel. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll just get to the third animated show that BD already hates on principle. It sounds like I I'm do. joking. I'm joking. So we don't have a release date for this yet, but your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is supposed to come out uh, in 2024. This was titled Spider-Man freshman year. It has since been retitled. I promise not to dead name it anymore. I will call it by its full, much longer title. Um, the art style, which they showed at San Diego Comic-Con in 2022, is inspired by Steve Ditko and Alex Toth. I cannot wait to evangelize about Alex Toth on the show for however many weeks because I he is one of my favorite people in comics and he is the reason that Hanna-Barbera looks the way that it looks. So I'm very excited to talk about him. Um, 
We have a huge supporting cast on this show. We have Doctor Strange, Lonnie Lincoln, Nico Minoru from The Runaways. We have Amadeus Cho, Harry and Norman Osborn, Scorpion, Unicorn, Speed Demon, Tarantula, Rhino. One that I'm very excited for is uh, The Wizard, voiced by Paula Tompkins, who is one of my favorite comedians ever. So I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, and Charlie Cox is supposed to be showing up as Daredevil. So how do we feel about the show? I didn't know about Nico. I, I, you got me a little excited about for this dropping the Nico name because uh, I, I was like, whatever. And now I'm like, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I didn't know that. Okay. I feel like I've heard so much about this show and then it just keeps changing and getting pushed back. And it's like, is it canon? Is it not canon? Is it basically a what if series of Spider-Man? But also not. I, you know, I'm, I feel, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm excited. I think it's cool, but I'm also kind of worried that it's going to try to be MCU adjacent, which is just going to be one of those things that like, that's one of those little things that I criticize like internally. Now I'm being a little external about, I don't know. Maybe I just in my negative mode. Now I said too much. Yeah, nothing. I got Spider-Man. What's it called? Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man yeah. seems cool. Eyes of Wakanda seems cool. X-Men 97 seems cool. I think these are all going to be really fun. And I hope, uh, I hope they're, I hope they're, I hope they're just that. As someone who knew or knows like a bunch of the people who worked on this thing, they were concerned this thing was going to get canned. So I'm oh. just thrilled that it actually is going to see the light of day because that's not a guarantee in this media environment. You might really get like a show you worked on for two years of your life, get thrown in the trash for dubious reasons. So mm -hmm. um, just having it that way is great. I also just like the vibe of it. I I wonder how people would feel if they had never said that thing about this is going to be like the origin story of our Peter. I feel mm -hmm. like they probably shouldn't have just said that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have said that to anybody until we knew what was going to happen. You know what I mean? Cause stuff, mm -hmm. as soon as they said that people started poking holes in what was going on. And I was like, that wasn't the thing to say. That's not, that's not right. First of all, if, if y'all, the implications of the same way Brandon feels about Rhodey being a skull and secret invasion is how I feel about you telling me there was a Norma Osborn in this universe that had waves that make you seasick and we didn't meet him in real <laughs> life. Why? Why? Um, but as an alternate universe, it's fun. It adapts one of my favorite uh, Spider-Man things from the 90s, which is that identity crisis run where he has all the different costumes. I love the ultimate version of that. Uh, there's a bunch of other, like Nico, I I'm also am Runaways Trash, Jamie, Solidarity. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I th there's so much about this to like. Also, my favorite interpretation of what a teenager's built spider suit would look like in any medium is this one because there's no way I love you Tom Holland I'm sure you're a very smart boy I'm sure Zendaya tells you it all the time there's no <laughs> way your spider shooters when you first make them are going to be this compact thing like I know you're a genius but like come on so I love that it's like just him in a hockey jersey with basically arm braces to make you know those funny whipped cream canisters sprayers we all had in the <laughs> 90s it's great so well, that's kind of that's kind of like what he was wearing in Homecoming before he got the Stark suit. It's almost yeah. Similar. yeah. But even that, I'm like, baby, you figured out how to make these little eye flaps move <laughs> like that, and you, you out here still living in Queens. You ain't find some way to VC get this off the ground. It's crazy. I don't know. It's funny. I think uh, we, I think you hit the nail on the head for kind of how I'm feeling in some ways. Like if they didn't say that, if they didn't try to make this like this MCU thing, but not an MCU thing, I would. I, I think. With animation, a lot of the time, I would this stuff should just be fun. It, should, it doesn't. I think they used to rely 
on connections to the Marvel Cinematic Universe really strongly because everything that had the MCU tag on it was basically a guaranteed hit. And now that's not necessarily the case, as we've seen with Quantumania and the Marvels and some of the viewership on the shows being down a bit. So I think now we could just embrace that these are fun things that don't they're not necessarily going to inform you about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the sacred timeline. They could just go be a fun animated show like there already are on Disney+. Plus. It just so happens these ones are coming from Marvel Studios under Marvel Animation, which I think would then make me more excited if I just got to set the expectation that way. But I like AC Bradley had a tweet after what if of basically saying like, or a quote that was like, yeah, in season one, we had to do the Spider-Man episode, the Iron Man episode, all of the heavy hitters. And then in season two, they got to kind of have more fun with it and show the lesser known characters and kind of branch off and be their own thing. And so I think that is helping your argument in a way of like, these shows are so much more enjoyable if we don't have to think about the ramifications at all. Yeah. All right. We got one more show this year and I know, I know somebody who is very excited about it. Best for last, we've got Agatha, supposedly The Darkhold Diaries is supposedly the name of the show. I'll believe it when I see it. I've just taken to calling it Agatha. But Queen Catherine Hahn is back with an amazing cast. We got Patty Lapone in there. We've got Aubrey Plaza. There are like 10 WandaVision actors coming back for the show. Emma Caulfield, Deborah Jo Rupp, a bunch of others. And then there's an exciting lineup of new other newcomers. We've got Joe Locke. It's just like an, an, a nonstop fest of exciting people. But the big question is, do we think the Agatha show will recapture the magic of WandaVision? And I will answer right now, and I will say, I, I just don't think it's possible. Uh, mainly because even this show, I think, is going to be amazing. And even if it is as good as WandaVision, which I'm hoping for, I just don't see the internet being as obsessed because that was the first, WandaVision was the first thing back after the pandemic gave us a year off of Marvel. And the just it doesn't matter what it is, the excitement is, isn't going to be back to that level in the year 2024. What do you guys think? I was going to say, I think like capturing the magic means two different things to me. I think in terms of the hype and the conversation, absolutely not. I think we're going to very rarely get anything like that anymore with this franchise. It's just like that was a lightning in the bottle moment. But I think technically and narratively and just like with the attention to detail and the ambitiousness, I think they are going to capture what WandaVision did. It's just not going to have the same response as the first time. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to add parameters to my answer, which are excluding the number of people talking about it and the sort of zeitgeist of it all, then the, uh, I'm going to try to switch it up here and be an optimist and say yes, uh, because I think Agatha could be really, really cool. I, I, I Realistically, I know. It's not going to have the same viewership. It's not going to have the same crazy everybody's talking about it moment that WandaVision had. It doesn't have everything going for it that WandaVision did in terms of time of release. Characters, like, I mean, there's no denying Wanda and Vision were Avengers, Endgame heroes. They were the first ones we saw, uh, other than Spider-Man Far From Home, post-pandemic. We had the whole gap year and everything. So it doesn't have that, but it has a lot of other really good things going for it. It has the being the follow-up to WandaVision in itself going for it. I think for those of us who watch it, it is going to feel great. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, but obviously, no, I don't think it's going to you know reach that level of mainstream phenomena that WandaVision did. To quote social media's ponytail king, I refuse your premise. I don't care. <laughs> um, I just think that this is going to be a great moment to prove that some of that stuff was not a fluke because, it, it, of course, it's not going to be that, but it doesn't have to be. And why? Why do I ask anyone watching, like, why do you need that 
back. Like, why? First of all, we all are locked in our houses. Do you really want early 2021 back? Are you sure? I, I'm not. Um, I think that Catherine Hahn is a special performer. The cast is easily, easily the most anticipated I've had for any of these live action MCU shows for the past two years, easily. Eric Andre's in this thing. Like, what? Oh, yeah. Patty LuPold's in this thing. Like, what? Come, come on. Like, stop. Um, so I'm excited for that. I don't really care. Like, I don't... It's There's, like, two wars going on. Like, there's so much going on that was not going on in 2021 that I'm like, it's a false premise. I don't understand it. So I'm just hoping that we enjoy it. I think Catherine Hahn will be great in this. I... I'm kind of curious if they're going to find some way to work Lizzie back in this, but that's like, that's a cherry on top of an already decadent cake. I, I'm already getting what I want. I don't need anything else, but that would be awesome. Senior Scratchy. <laughs> Senior Scratchy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right, that's all the movies and shows coming in 2024. If things hold up to the schedule and nothing gets added, big old if, though, you never know anymore. So let us know of all the titles we just named, which are, uh, let's start with the movies, Madam Web, Deadpool 3, Craven the Hunter, Venom 3, and then on TV, Echo, X-Men 97, Eyes of Wakanda, Your Friendly Neighborhood, Spider-Man, Daggett, The Dark Hole Diaries. Which title are you most excited for? Drop a comment, let us know, and it's a great opportunity to subscribe to the YouTube channel while we take this quick break, because when we come back, got a little exclusive insights about Avengers Tower. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to face here. A bit, of a, a bit of a credit scene here. We don't usually have something after a third break. There usually is no third break, but we had one today because in the Echo Junket, which the interviews are coming through to the face here, YouTube channel and on comicbook.com, got to talk to a few people. Brad Winderbaum knows a thing or two about everything going on at Marvel Studios because he's one of the higher ranking executives. He's also in charge of television, animation, and streaming. He mentioned New York City to me. And when you see the full interview, you'll see the conversation. But I asked him a question I've been asking myself and the entire world for a long time. Will I ever know who bought Avengers Tower? <laughs> see what he said. Question I've been dying to have answered for like, I think, seven years now. Am I ever going to know who bought Avengers Tower? <laughs> Uh, Brandon, I'm just gonna honestly, yes, yes, you will. I can't wait. Oh my gosh, I, I, I have my theories, and it's part of the fun. Wow, you, you did it! It's happening. Happy uh, New Year. Are, are you gonna be happy no matter what, or are there outcomes that you're gonna hate at all? Like, could could this is, is it like no matter what you don't care as long as you have the answer, or are you gonna be ticked off if it's somebody that you don't like? There's definitely, there definitely could be an answer that would be hugely disappointing. But if it's the Baxter building or it's Fisk Tower, it becomes just as long as it becomes something that's integral and becomes a, like a landmark that's relevant 
and a like a, like an icon in the MCU, I'm here for it. That said, I also I'm ready for like the Avengers to have a place. Like, give us Avengers Mansion at this point. Give us uh, the HQ was so dull looking. I thought it was cool, but it was just a box. Avengers HQ in upstate New York. I thought Avengers Tower was such a cool, iconic piece of set imagery. I want something like that. So for Avengers Tower, I think if it becomes just kind of an irrelevant thing in New York City, I guess uh, to be optimistic, it's like, well, at least it wasn't forgotten entirely. But we've seen New York City so many times. And they show every part of the skyline except that part of a Grand Central Station. I did ask one more person about Avengers Tower, a potential buyer. Here's what he had to say. I talk about probably more than anybody else in the world. It's it's one I've been wanting to know. And your character comes up as the answer to it for, for many years now. Did you buy Avengers Tower? <laughs> I can't answer any of those questions. It's, nobody's ever asked me that, though. I'm surprised you're actually, now that you've asked, you're the first person that's ever asked me that. First of all, the fact that he even knows the question tells me he bought it. The fact that he knows why I'm asking and understands means Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk bought that thing, and I hope we find out in Echo. I'm here for that. But also, he lied, so who knows? Because I have asked him that before, just not on camera. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this on camera and get the clip. At, at the ICC con in Nashville, it was him and Charlie Cox, and I asked him about Avengers Tower. They didn't, they didn't even give that much of an answer, though. But I was like, man, I, I literally have asked you this question once <laughs> I can't wait to see what rooms of Avengers Tower are just shrines to Vanessa. Like, that's great. <laughs> oh, that would be rich. That would be rich. The Netflix show, oh, actually, I don't, there is going to be a scoop coming out about the Netflix shows and uh, the MCU and the question we keep asking about whether or not they're canon. I didn't ask the question. I have a friend who asked the question at another outlet, so I don't know if they ran it yet, so I don't want to say it. But there is a firm answer to that question, is my understanding. And we're all going to be very excited to have a firm answer, at least those of us who care about that, whether or not the Netflix shows count as part of the story going forward from Marvel Studios. So that will finally get an actual answer. If if it's what you think, if it's what I think it is, I think they are ready. I think they are ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna check. Yeah, the, the chat the chat is saying that it already is out. If so. you're talking about screen rant, yes, I, I yeah. am. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, I haven't seen the clip, but I did talk to Joe right after he did that interview. And apparently, Brad Winderbaum, I think it was, told them straight up, yes, the Netflix shows are canon to the MCU stories. So I think that's really cool. That's a nice update but right there. But like, really, or in a way that didn't Feige just say every single thing that's ever been a Marvel is also canon? Is it in that way or it's in the main universe? I have to watch the interview to get it. But the way Joe told me that he walked out of the room and he told me what they said, he said, is what ha is the events of Daredevil canon to this Daredevil's story? And also, I'll say this in the interview with Brad Winderbaum, which is going to be coming up on phase zero. He told me that the Daredevil suit in Echo is the Netflix suit. It is. It's okay. just like they found a new red for it, but it's the same <laughs> suit. So they, it's kind of really seems to be lining up that the events of Netflix, the events of Daredevil on Netflix are part of this Daredevil who we saw in She-Hulk, who we saw in Spider-Man No Way Home, who we will see in Echo, who we will see in Daredevil Born Again. That's all. He's got a long story and it already started on Netflix. And now it's on Disney+. Plus. That's my understanding of it. 
I was going to say, like, having these shows now on Disney Plus, I think it's, like, less confusing just to say that they're canon. Because if you're a new person who just wants to watch Daredevil stuff on Disney Plus, and then you're told, oh, these three seasons, three and a half seasons of stuff are not canon, that's just going to be really confusing. So I'm glad we finally have an answer. This is the quote from Screen Rant. Richard Pangman just dropped it in here. And I'm, I'm trusting our comment section on this one. I suggest going to check out our friends at Screen Rant. They do great work, and I have a lot of good friends who work over there. Uh, Marvel Studios considers Netflix's Daredevil series to be fully part of the MCU's central timeline, according to executive producer Brad Winderbaum. So, how's that for a credit scene? Good job, Screen All Rant. right, get, let's do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next. Let's go. <laughs> well, that's what the quote from 5D says, right? Is that all the stuff that, pre- that precedes yeah. is canon in its own way. And that as time goes on, we'll see if things end up matching up with our sacred timeline or not or whatever, which is funny because somebody ran that quote. That quote's been out for two months. I wrote it up for the site two months ago. It's in the official timeline book. Shout out to the people who wrote that. But I was like, still laughing, played like, it, you know, huh? He still played it like a politician, though. Yeah. Well, they get to, they're going to want to pick and choose. It's like, you, listen, the superhero squad is not going to be in Secret Wars. I'm sorry, guys. Unless it's a gag. Like, you know, Scotty Young's version of the Avengers is probably not going to be in Secret Wars, y'all. But if they want to pick and choose and they can pay enough money and Miles is in there from Spider-Verse or the Daisy Jot, like, they roll it, like, fine. You know, if if our friend is done making plane and, and ship... <laughs> And all those things that he wants to be in it, fine. You know, they'll bring it back. But like everything isn't going to be in there. You yeah. know, I've said it a million times. Who cares? It's all canon. <laughs> Nick Cage is Ghost Rider. Uh, Wesley Snipes is Blade. It's all it's it's all part of it because that's what the, the word canon is extending to the multiverse. It's all canon. Who cares? Loki's just standing there holding them all together. Yep. Yeah. That's right. They're all in Loki's hands now. All right. Yeah. Joe. He's got Howard the Duck over here. He's uh, he's got Hasselhoff as Nick Fury over here. Oh, he's no, ready. No, 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 he doesn't have that one. He doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah, one. he does. No, yeah, he, he does. does. <laughs> it, he does. He literally does. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, that is our 2024 first episode of season four preview show of Phase Zero. Thank you, everybody who watched with us. If you're a first time watcher or listener, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you stick with us for the rest of the year. We have a great time. Uh, lots of stuff to look forward to. We're going to make it a good year. We got a bonus episode on Friday. You're not going to want to miss. So subscribe to the channel to get notified when it goes live and then listen to it on all major podcast platforms. Jenna, any last words for today's show? It's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on social media. And as always, go read some comics. Jamie Jurak. Yeah, follow me on the socials at Jamie Jurak or at Jamie Cinematics on Twitter. Uh, enjoy the beginning of your year. I've been watching a lot of 2004 movies because they are all turning 20 and it's wild to think about. Spider-Man 2? 20 years old. Mean Girls, 20 years old. Stop. This so. is not how we want it. I feel so old. <laughs> Aaron Perrine. Uh, it's at some like corner on Twitter. I like, thank everybody for watching. Uh, happy birthday to Florence Pugh. Go eat some uh, weird macaroni and cheese with hot sauce <laughs> in it if you're so inclined. Also, please just watch echo i've seen people dissecting things from four second like just just watch a show guys you don't have i promise you have to do this because brandon just told us it's the same suit and people were like disney ruined the suit i can't believe they ruined it. And i'm like i'm pretty sure that's the same one from netflix and then you tell me that and i'm like oh, look at that imagine that oops they they might feel a little dumb yeah, but a little bit. Okay. Probably not, though. Like, people are bold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. <laughs> that's, yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much again. Play our show for your mom. Play it for your dog. Leave a five-star review, and we'll see you on Friday for an awesome bonus episode. We'll be back Wednesday for a regular scheduled program at 12 p.m. Eastern time on the Phase Your YouTube channel and on every major podcast platform. Happy New Year. Let's make it a good one.